0: He's at that age. He's 12, and uh, but you know he he came and he he sang and but we were really refreshed in this time and it just gave me vision and just one second, just one second, guys. And sorry about that. And just you know it just gives us vision and, and hope for the future. And he really stirred up inside of me a vision and passion for what God wants to do in this valley even more. And it was really good. And I'm praying that we'll all begin to be refreshed. Who needs the times of refreshing that comes from the Lord? Any of you? Father, even as we give, Father, we give out of obedience, Lord, and we give you our tithe. Father, we give out of faithfulness, Lord, but we also, above and beyond that, we would even give you a thanks offering, God, and give give joyfully a thank offering to you um, and just to worship and thank you for your goodness, for all that you do, for who you are, for Your love to our lives and Your provision and protection. God, I pray that You would bless this offering. Blessed Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys, so much. i <laughs> love to see all these, these new young men. I say they're young because they're my age. You know, ser- serving the Lord here and, and being faithful and greeting and ushering. and. Hallelujah. The container's gone and the roof is done. It rained this week and we had no leaks, so praise the Lord for that. Oh, and um, you know, I'm just grateful again for everyone who came and helped and and worked and all the youth and the adults and um, you know Lo, uh, Lloyd Sturdy, uh, um, you know he he came and and he gave us a bid when he came to do the roof. This is just kind of a praise report. He came and gave a bid and it was actually higher than another bid we got, but as we were up on the roof looking and measuring and stuff and i was just telling him what we were trying to do he began to say you know if you got any people in the church who want to come and help us i'll cut some price off okay. he says you know if you want to get your own if you want to get your own dumpster you can get your own dumpster he says in fact i'll uh, i'll let you buy the materials i won't charge you any extra for the materials at all you can buy your own materials at my cost and that'll save you some money and he just kept going and i went wow you know his bid was higher but I just began to hear a heart of of just service and giving. And so we we just we chose him to, to do the roof and uh, when it came down he ended up coming in about four thousand dollars under his bid. Oh, and he worked for free and only charged us his his laborer's time. And so isn't that awesome? Oh, you know, God gave us favor with man oh, and oh, wow. And so so I'm just I'm just blessed he's come back a few times and and uh and uh, hey maybe we'll see him in service. Praise the Lord. That's exciting. And you know, I feel like I've been gone for weeks and I didn't even miss a Sunday last night during our prayer time I I you know after prayers Ed, was I here last Sunday? <laughs> you know, so much. It was such a full week, and, and I realized I didn't. So I don't know if there's any announcements I'm missing, but that's why you have a bulletin. I, I did want to clear, clear up one thing in the bulletin. On Thursday night, um, Jim Learned, Pastor Jim Learned, is coming from San Diego, and he is one of the directors, the regional directors, for a ministry called Freedom in Christ Ministries. And Freedom in Christ Ministries was formed Neil Anderson and if some of you might know Neil Anderson from his books he's written bondage breaker um, uh, victory over darkness and he he just came forth uh, helping Christians he wrote these books helping Christians to get free truly free from the bondages counseling is wonderful but until you break the bondages that that have caused uh, the issues in our life there is really no freedom and so they they have a ministry that helps people be free. They go back and they work through things and pray and bind up the strong man and do different things. Thursday night is is not an, a ministry night. Thursday night is going to be a time to learn about the ministry, to see if you'd be interested in learning more, to being trained um, and how to pray for people or or even just find out more about it in case you, you'd like to maybe sit in and, and have go to one of their, their uh, meetings or or you can actually schedule one-on-one prayer times where a small group of people would just begin to pray with you, and walk you through steps to freedom in Christ, and these are intense sessions. That's not what we're doing on Thursday. Thursday's information only. But if you're interested to learn more about that, you're welcome to come, and uh, and just to to see what that's what 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 they do in the ministry and how you might uh, uh, get trained if you want to learn more about that, you know. When I'm working with people, I'm I'm excited about this because too often I feel like I come up short in ministering to people and counseling and working through things. And if there's some things and tools that I can get in and to connect better with God in a way to really get people set free from the bondages that we're in, and we we need to do that as as Christians. We uh for for, for whatever reason, you know, we in the past we've he says, well, you know, you're, you're messed up, You've got, you're, you're dysfunctional, you're messed up, you just need to get saved. And so we lead somebody to Jesus, and now we have a saved, messed up, dysfunctional person. He we says, well, you just need to get baptized. And then we have a saved, baptized, messed up, dysfunctional, broken person. And then we, we go through all these steps, even deliverance. And now we have a saved, baptized, delivered, messed up, dysfunctional, broken person. And we really need to go back and b- bring healing. To things that have happened before, where we've we've stuffed it, and there's different ways. Some um, some people just really stuff stuff their things in, in the past, and they, we think, you know, what that doesn't affect me. I don't think about it. I don't talk about it. But it comes out because there's brokenness, and Christ wants to come and minister and heal those areas. And so that's kind of what this weekend, this uh, this one night things, about an hour and a half, two hour session, is going to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with Neil Anderson's book. I'm not familiar with Jim Learned except through a mutual uh, contact. Jim Shuck, who's the director of Full Armor Ministries, one of our missionaries that we support, is is a, a a prayer partner with the ministry. and He goes into these sessions for healing, and so he recommended that Jim came up. And so uh, he's coming up to do some ministry and then uh, do the session, and um, other pastors, uh, leaders from other churches. It's open to pastors and leaders. Other churches are coming also, so... That's what that is on Thursday, and otherwise, I think that's everything we need to know out of the bulletin. Amen. But I, I, I'm, I'm again just good things coming, and and uh, on that note, Shannon and I, while we were in it, ICLV International Church of Las Vegas, Sons of God Church, Pastor Paul Goulet, um, he's become you know kind of a a mentor of types. Even there, we barely know each other. Um, in fact, I, I didn't know if he knew me at all, but when I was at the conference, he saw me. He says. I know you I said oh good he remembered me you know when you're a pastor of 10 or 12,000 people uh-huh. you don't know everyone but um he, he's got uh, his his ministry is a lot about um, prophetic and healing ministry but he also he's got a master's in counseling in fact uh, his testimony was that he was in the business world and he was a successful counselor he had 17 counselors under him he was really so Christian counselor and God called him into pastor a church in, in Las Vegas, um, and so so one of the things he brings is he really wants to bring freedom, and healing. And so Shannon and I are actually going to start something, and if it's successful for us, we're gonna to introduce it to the church in different ways. But it's thirty a thirty day journey to freedom, to emotional freedom, and uh, and so he's going to become our personal coach on this DVD where we go through this and. And if, if we think it's, it's good, we're going to offer it, and we bought enough books to, to do a small group and, and uh, help to bring freedom. Does anyone relate with needing a little bit more freedom in your life? You know, so I'm talking to at least a few people. Um, and so that's where I want. I want. I don't want anything that I've experienced, anything that I've dabbled in, anything that was done to me to break the power or to impede the power of God. And the power of my life and testimony, I want to have freedom so that I can minister clearly the word of God. uh, You know, really clean out my vat. We talked about that a couple years ago uh, in one of my messages, but amen. So that's one of the things I'm I'm, I'm going through personally and, and we'll see how that, you know, does in the ministry here. But this morning we want to turn to Exodus chapter 14. My notes got really scribbled this morning. I printed them, I had them all nice on my computer and went to print it off this morning, and the printer won't work. And so I had to hand copy the most important things onto this little yellow paper so I pray I can read them. Starting in verse 10, when the, this is the story of the Red Crossing, but starting in verse 10, uh, the Red Sea Crossing, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army and his chariots and his horsemen. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the encouragement that comes out of it, and Lord, we pray that as we would get into this, this time this morning, that you'd open up our hearts, God, to hear and receive and be encouraged and challenged by what you're saying this morning, God, to us. Thank you for this word. Let it come alive in Jesus' name. So we have the Israelites fleeing, just finally getting out of Egypt, and now they're their tormentors, their captors are coming after them and they're afraid. That's like so many of us. When we, when we begin to get out of bondage and begin to walk you know, into freedom and the enemy just presses back and we go, what am I going to do? And, and there's a, some great messages in here, so many of them. But One of the things that, that really stood out is, of course, the, the, the Israelites are complaining. They're blaming, which sounds a lot like what we do in the same situations. And and Moses says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I've always just kind of read that as, you know, you don't have to do anything. God's going to do it all. That's not, I believe, what he's saying here. When he says stand still and you'll see the salvation, he's like, don't run, don't panic, and don't go back. But he didn't say, don't do anything. That's not the message. See, God is going to come in salvation here, we're going to see in just a moment. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And then he says, the Lord will fight for you and shall hold your peace. The Lord will be the strength of your peace. Not you, not your circumstance, but the Lord will hold your peace. He's going to keep you in peace. Don't run, don't panic, don't go back. But see, the reason I believe he's not saying don't do anything, because there's a moment of faith that has to happen here. He stretches out the rod, the water's clear, and he says, go forward. See, there comes a moment that we have to move forward into the peace that doesn't look like peace. There comes a moment that we have to move forward into, do I want to stand here and get... Killed by the them, or do I want to walk in the water and get crushed by the water? I mean, would you walk through walls of water that that at any moment could just collapse? I don't, I don't know about you. The idea of drowning isn't a fun thought for me. When I was young, I had a near drowning experience at Jinx Lake, and. Um, I was out, you know, doing what what kids do. We were floating under a little rubber raft and breathing in the air hole. You know, it was flipped upside down, and we were kicking ourselves all around the, the lake, and and we had been under there for a long time. I thought we were in the middle of the lake, and I was only about nine or ten years old, and I got scared and I said, "Where are we?" And we flipped the boat back over, and as we did, I I let go of it, and I I just began to sink, and I panicked and sucked in water, and my friend actually literally had to drag me to shore. And, you know, I didn't drown, because when you drown, you die. (laughs) But I was scared. And I don't like the idea of drowning. In fact, I think I would rather be killed instantly by the sword than drown. But they had to walk into the water, into the unknown with God. Stand still. God's going to do a work. But then He says, go forward. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to open up a way, but you have to step forth. The Lord desires that we would begin to step out more and more and listen to Him and be led by Him and trust in the Lord. The first song that we did, and I'm going to to grab it um, if I can find it. called standing and and this is just such a, a, a great song can you hear the voice of the father inviting you to walk on the water risk it all answer the call enter in we stand on every promise we're not afraid our faith goes before us when we believe we're going to see the supernatural I want to see the supernatural our God is above the natural I'm a clinical analytical mind I question everything when I say we when we were in at the church and there was 246 people who were saved it wasn't 245 they counted he would stop and and and, and I really appreciated Randy Clark who was doing doing the ministry he said listen if you're 80% healed or more he says wave your hands and he'd begin to count he had 12 different people counting to make sure that the numbers were right and then he'd come and give testimonies and I'm going, are they really healed? And I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking. I'm analytical. I don't just trust. But I want to see the supernatural. I want to see God do above and beyond the things that my finite mind limits God to. And in order to do that, we have to, like the song says, like the word teaches us, we have to risk it all. We have to enter in. We have to step forward when the oceans part for us. We have to step forward when God calls us to do the things that seem ridiculous. There's a lot of ridiculous things in the world. The chorus is great it says we're going to see what we're praying for. We believe every single word. We're stronger than we've ever been. We're standing on His promises. We're going to see the impossible. We release the supernatural. What is that? Can you release the supernatural? I believe the supernatural moves because of our faith and stamping out in faith, in obedience to the things that God does. Moses had to put out his rod. He had to take this. He's telling all these people, millions of people about to be slaughtered to say it's okay. And he takes the risk and he steps out. And we see the life of Moses over and over, stepping out in the faith, watching watching miracles happen. And all through the Bible we see people stepping out in faith. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd want to surround myself the 450 prophets of Baal who wanted to kill me, telling them and mocking them about the offering. But he had to step out and, and say, You know, pour water, pour water on this, on this offering and, and keep pouring it out. You know, they were in a drought. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever connected those two things. There, there hadn't been rain, there wasn't a lot of water. And he's saying, Waste water on this, and God's going to do a miracle there. It takes stepping out in faith to say, God, what are you leading me into? And that's that's what I believe God is stirring my heart for. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, um, and Mark ten twenty seven, we and we'll go ahead and read the, the scripture. And you got, you have to be careful to pull things out of, out of text. And um, this is this is one of those scriptures that is talking about salvation. And we this is one of those scriptures we do pull out all the time. And maybe you never even uh, went in and look at it and says, What's it talking about there? Matthew nineteen, twenty-six. We'll go to Matthew nineteen, twenty-six, sorry. And Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Now here he's speaking about salvation. He was talking about how hard it is to be saved for the rich man. And and this statement is made, but we see clearly that though he's speaking about salvation right here you know it's it's impossible with man for a rich man to get saved but with God all things are possible he's talking about with God he can mend the the heart of the rich man he can he can make things that seem impossible possible but with God's omnipotence truly we can say with God all things are possible he is not limited by time space natural law when when Elias picked up his robe and he ran ahead of the chariot that was beyond Natural, Even beyond Ryan Hall. <laughs> it was beyond. It was supernatural. And God lives in the supernatural realm. And He desires and allows us, as we step in faith, to walk in the supernatural. With God, all things are possible. So what, what separates us? What, what are we lacking in those moments? Let's go to 2 Kings 6. Our eyes don't see God the way we need to see God. Our eyes are are being filtered through our natural man. Our eyes, everything we see physically and try to see with the mind's eye is getting filtered through our analytical mind, it's getting filtered through our that, through our experiences. In 2 Kings 6, go like to 17, here they're, they're surrounded by the enemy. Elisha and a servant, and, and, and they're getting surrounded. And in verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, well, verse 16 it says, Elisha says, don't fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes, his servant's eyes, that he may see Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha. We need to begin to pray. God, open my eyes. Help me to see past the physical and into the supernatural. Help me to see into the spiritual realm to what's going on in this life. There was some books written a number of years ago by a guy named Frank Peretti. Um, This present darkness and piercing the darkness. They were really, I, I enjoyed them. They were novels, but they were a picture of what he believed the spiritual realm looked like. And what was really exciting and neat about those is that it was a glimpse that, you know, even when you're driving down the road, there'll be demons trying to push your car off and angels fighting against them. Everything was seen through the eyes of the spiritual realm. Does it look like that? I don't know. But I read in the Bible, and it talks about the amount of angels there are. And the angels are myriads and myriads. Thousands and thousands of thousands. Innumerable. As sand on the seashore is the angels. That's a lot. There's a lot of sand on the seashore. I can't count it. And if there's that many angels, they're not sitting around twiddling their thumbs. They're surrounding us all the time. Now here's the thing. Now this, this number is a finite number. It's just too big for us to comprehend and count. But of that finite number... One-third of them are demons. They're not sitting around twiddling their thumbs either. There, there's a war going on, but we don't see the, the spiritualists. Shannon had a, a vision um, recently uh, during, a, during worship. And she saw the peop- many people, the, the congregation, coming into worship. And as, as some came to worship, they were immediately just free to worship. And others were having a struggle to, to enter into worship. And it, she, you know, it was, I'll, I'll let you know now, she didn't see specific people. Because the next part was interesting. She said that some, they were struggling to worship, but as the worship went on and as they pressed in to worship, demons actually not came out of them, but came off of them. And, and went and sat above the building in her vision. And the whole outside of the church, there, there was demonic beings, demonic force. But, but as, they, as the congregation, as, as we began to worship, the demons began to lift off of us and oppression left and de- depression and discouragement, not off of everybody. Some people kept on to those things. They didn't flee. But for many of them, as they walked out, the demons went right back in and sat upon them again. And they didn't, they didn't have the victory. And I, and I thought, Lord, if this is a vision from you, we need to really ramp this up. And I don't know about you, but I can relate with that. Sometimes I can come into the presence of God, especially when there's other believers there, but come into the presence of God, but I leave and the temptation and what happens, the enemy wants to come right back onto us. He says, okay, you had your time. I couldn't fight against the worship, but can you maintain that when you leave? And, and I believe we, walk, we put our minds right back into the things of, of the sinful nature and we really allow the enemy to come back and oppress us again. God help us. Again, this is what this is a vision she saw. Um you know, you can you can weigh it as to whether it was from God or not. That's fine. But but there's a spiritual world happening and we live in the supernatural. But but one of the lies I believe that we've <coughs> bought into is is to live in the natural. And we attack everything from a natural standpoint, whether it's sickness or or things happening And God, I believe, wants us to begin to look at the supernatural again and step into the things that he has for us and and be obedient. So we need to say, God, open our eyes. Open our eyes that we can see what you're doing in the spiritual realm. God, we want to become like Peter. Matthew 14 talks about Peter. You know, they're in the boat. Waves are happening. Jesus walks on water. And we always we always dog on Peter for you know being a man lacking in faith, you know there's Peter, impetuous Peter, and you know, man, I'm sorry, have you ever gotten out of the boat and walked on water? <laughs> Peter sees Jesus and he says, If it's you bid me to come to you. And by faith he stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. Supernatural. God is not relegated. And God doesn't relegate us to living only in the natural. We can live in the supernatural if we get our eyes on Jesus and if he bids us to do the things. We can't go out and do our own will in the supernatural. But we can do God's will in the supernatural. We don't just get to make it up and say, well, I get to do this and this. But those things that God is doing in the supernatural, if we'll put our eyes upon him, we can walk on water. We can live in the supernatural. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Pastor Eric Jensen, most of you met him when, it, when they were here for the ordination service. He says when they were young Christians and, and they got out of a youth group one night, Pastor Dave, uh, I think he was there for this and he just was laughing at them. All these young people who were just, you know, just full of faith, they actually went out to the pool. They went out to the pool in their clothes and they just began, I believe. I believe and they just stepped into the pool and, and you know uh, you know just trying to walk on water. They were putting their faith to the test. Nobody did. Nobody walked on water that day. But uh, but you know what was exciting is they were willing they were willing to step out. You know, I, I could, can God do that? Yes. Absolutely. And we just need to come up with that in our faith to say if if there was a reason God could absolutely cause any one of us to walk on water if we were to bring Him glory, and if it was the right thing in the right moment. And so, I'm not saying we should we should tempt God. That was the point: is you can't just walk on water. But if God bids you and says, "Step out of the boat," you can do the supernatural. I can do the supernatural. Getting our eyes on Him and and building up that faith. We need to have. We need to build up. The faith and begin to trust God in new ways. Now Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter ten, talks about the 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 faith that we have, and and I've heard different different approaches on on faith, and um, I I definitely have heard uh, starting in verse fifteen. You know, that, that God has given us, God has given each person a measure of faith. And that's, the Bible is clear about that. God has given each person a measure of faith. But I don't believe it stops there. Now, there is a spiritual gift of faith, a supernatural gift of faith. And, and I believe that that's, that's a faith of the person that's just so out there and so bizarre. that it's, it's a spiritual gift, and they have an extra measure of faith. But the Bible says each person is given a measure of faith. How much is that? I'm not sure. But each person is given a measure. But I don't believe it stops there. I don't believe that you're given a measure of faith and that's all you get. You can't grow in faith. If, you, if, if you're given a measure of faith that doesn't allow miracles, well then tough luck, you'll never see a miracle. That's not, I don't believe we're relegated to that. 2 Corinthians 10 says, We'll start in 14 instead of 15. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. 15. We're not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Verse 18. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. In, in fifteen it says, "As your faith is increased." Jude verse uh, Jude verse twenty talks about building yourself up in your most holy faith. Corinthians ten here says that we can increase our faith, that our faith grows. And then in, in verse eighteen it says, "He who commends not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends." And I went, "What is?" what does the commendation of the Lord look like? You know, we're talking about, you know, you can't commend yourself, but whom the Lord commends. And I said, well, what would that look like? When you commend somebody, you give them something. They have, they have something in proof of the commendation. And, and it's, it's, uh, for us, we think of medals. You know, I got a commendation for this or a Purple Heart or whatever. And I was uh, pondering this and saying, Lord, are you talking about commending us, building up our faith, that our acts will be visible to others because our faith has been built up and people will see in us things that cannot happen on our own, but only from you. The commendation of the Lord is, is allowing His glory to come through mere mortal man in a way that nobody can boast that it's their own strength, but it's coming from Him. He wants to commend us as we build up our faith and do things through us that mere mortal man cannot do. And that is the approval of God on a person's life that says he is walking in needs, walking in faith. Increase our faith. Step out of the boat. Build up our faith. God, I don't want it to be on my own strength. I want to have the commendation of the Lord. Jesus himself showed this when he went and he told the the, the layman to pick up his mat and but before he did that he says your sins are forgiven and then he and they said what what is this man who who forgives sins what is this man who forgives sins he says which is harder to do to say your sins are forgiven or to say or or, or to say take up your mat and I, and and to this day i hear a lot of people saying oh it's it's harder to say that it's it, to say your sins are forgiven That's an easy thing to say. I can say something like that and there's no proof. Oh, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. But he says, but to prove that I am the Son of Man, take up your mat and walk. First he says, your sins are forgiven, but to prove that I have the power, I'm going to heal. And that proves the ministry that, that Jesus had. The same thing with us. When we come and we walk in the authority... If, if As we walk in power of ministry, supernatural ministry, it's a commendation that the Lord is really doing something beyond us. There's a lot of great works in the world. There's a lot of godly works in the world. But there's something really powerful when there's a supernatural work connected to it that you just say, what am I going to say about that? God is at work in this situation. It's difficult. We struggle with the stepping out in, in faith and, and even hearing the voice of God. I was thinking of so many examples of the Old Testament of, of Moses stepping out in faith or Joshua or, or Elijah or Elisha doing, doing the, the feats, the things that they did. Jesus, Peter, Paul, walking in faith. It's, it's difficult and, and some of the things that hinder us. I, I, I was taken to, uh, to John the Baptist. John the Baptist. What was John the Baptist's first? Now, he knew Jesus as a person. At some point, I don't know when it happened. I don't know when for sure it happened. I mean, you know, John and Jesus were cousins, so they they played together. They were just months apart in age. And so they, they had knowledge of each other for sure. Absolutely, I don't doubt that. But what does the Bible say, John's first words about Jesus? Where does anyone know? When John saw Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. Now at some point, John got the revelation. You know, I kind of think it was just like all these years. There I see it. I don't know when it happened. He sees John and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb. Wow, there's John going, I get it. You need to baptize me. Jesus says, no, you know, to fulfill righteousness. But there was a revelation for John in that moment. Fast forward some time. John's been ministering. He's been baptizing. He's decreasing. Jesus is increasing. John gets arrested. He's sitting in prison. He's going to be beheaded. And he sends a delegation to Jesus. You familiar with this? He sends some of his disciples to go talk to Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. So we have the man of faith who's also a little weird. You know, John was, was a strange cookie. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God, full authority, full conviction. There it is, proclaiming it out loud. This is what I've been talking about. And we turn to Matthew 11. And in verse 1, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding His twelve disciples... That he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Behold the Lamb of God! Are you the coming one, or should we look for another? What changed? His circumstance. He's in prison, and Jesus hasn't gotten him out of prison. Wait a second, you're the Lamb of God! And I'm going to lose my head over this. Are you sure you're the one? He lets his circumstances dictate to his faith, questioning that moment, holding back, going, listen, I, I believed it, I was under conviction, but now you haven't answered my prayer. Are you really God? I'm still sick, Lord. Do you really heal? Circumstances press in, but will we allow those to change our conviction? Or will we stand and press on and work through these and say, "By faith, I trust in you." I'm going to believe for the supernatural. And believe for the impossible." Peter was the same thing. he got his eyes off of Jesus and on his circumstances and he began to sink. Stepping out is is a difficult thing. We need to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Romans 10 says the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. By the Word of God. And and in the Greek, it's actually the Word of Christ. Hearing Christ's words. as We go and we see what did Christ say. He says, "Greater, greater things shall you do than these. He releases power to us. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. He wants us to walk in power and victory. He wants us to step out of the boat and, and, and begin to listen to Him and, 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 and be obedient, even in the small things. Even in the small things. In fact, I believe that it starts in the small things. We had a simple, very, very simple experience um, at Sweet Tomatoes in, in Vegas. We decided to go out. Sweet Tomatoes is like a soup plantation. And so we, we we went out we had a kitchen so we but we decided to go out for one of the one meal and, and so we went to the, the buffet there and, and we're eating and we're just about done. And my kids love buffets, especially if they have dessert buffets. Uh-huh. We're just about done and, and wrapping up and, and I watched this this late twenties, early thirties mother walk through with three little ducklings and and they were they were about like this, this and this and so they were pretty little and and she looked a little harried, and she's and she's going to, towards the bathroom, and you know she's there, and then she comes back, and and uh, she's put together, you know she looks she looks you know well well kept well put together, but there was a a frazzled look on her face with her with her little ducks, and 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 I kind of expect her to just walk out the door, you know like come use the bathroom and just walk out and do her whatever. She went into the line at Soup Plantation any of you single moms or moms who weren't with your husbands or dad ever try to take three little kids through a buffet? Buffets are, are not the place to take three kids. You know, I mean, if you're going to a restaurant, full service, please, where you can sit down and bring the food to us. And so they walked around the corner, and we're, we're like I said, we're finishing up. And after a couple minutes, I hear this screaming. And it wasn't the mother. <laughs> it was this little kid it, it, it i'm sure it was the littlest one who was 3 3 is my guess um just screaming and angry and you could tell just kind of having a fit and it was loud i mean we've got a couple of loud screamers in the church this matched that if not exceeded it it was it was a loud scream and multiple times and i'm just i'm feeling so bad for this mom and and i mean no joke, everybody is looking. We can't see them. They're behind a wall. But what we can hear them. Every, I'm looking around and all the heads are turning. One couple is walking out of the restaurant and the woman yells, Shut up! I mean, this is bad. I'm like, oh, this poor woman. And we're about done. And, and so we're walking out and I look over and it's, you know, I figured it probably was. It was this woman with her three little kids and she's, she's just at the cash register. And, oh, and, you know, the kids have these little tiny plates with, you know, salad at this point. The, the good stuff's still coming. And she's there. And she's holding the screamer. Because, you know, she, I, I think he needed to be held. And she's got two little ones who can barely hold their plate straight. And, a, and one. And she's got two more plates of food. And she's got a purse. And she's at the cash register. And she need, she's got four drinks. Four platters of food. And she's holding a baby. And it was just a simple thing. And um, I, don't, I don't know even why I'm crying because nothing, I just went up and I said, could you use some help? Oh, and I expected her to do what a lot of people do. I'm fine. And she just broke, she didn't cry. She goes, that would be wonderful. Oh, and she didn't know what to do though. She didn't know what to do at that point. Because she's like, and I said, I'll take your two girls. And their food, and I'll find you a table. At that point, Shannon's still close enough because that's always a fear for me. It's like you know, there's a single woman, and I'm a man, and I'm like you know, you know, uh, my wife would would never forgive me if I left you stranded here and she's there. So we take their food and we go find him and we sit with the kids just for a couple of minutes. And she gets her food and she pays and she comes and sits down. I don't know if I heard the voice of the father saying do it, but something rose up to me and said, I need to go do that. Could that have been God? What's God, what's your heart told you to do recently? It might be big, it might be little. On CNN this week, Ryan Hall was interviewed. A seven minute interview on, on CNN. Did anyone see that? It's on YouTube. Oh Wow. The interview now c n n is not christian friendly. The whole point of their interview was you know a couple of years ago, filling out one of your forms, you put down as your coach god, and that really stirred up some controversy, and he just began to share his faith and he says, you know it, 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 he's so balanced you go go find the interview it's really good it's too long to share, but you know he says. A few years ago, I really felt impressed that I needed to just be, be um, faith-based, in faith-based coaching and just allow God to speak to me. And he didn't stop there, though. I mean, he could have kind of watered it down and said, you know, really, it's just that I, I love God and I don't have a coach, and he's my encouragement. But he goes, in the morning, I'll get up and pray and say, God, how far do you want me to run today? Amen. And and be and right on CNN and she's asking these questions about, well, that's great, but what about all those people who think you're just wacko? And I'm going, you're one of them, aren't you? And, and, she, and, she, and he just keeps, keeps sharing. And, he, and, and in this faith-based coaching, seven minutes, sometimes you have an unction to just step out and help a woman at the table. Sometimes it's a bigger thing. And on national, international TV... You step out and say, God is my coach and He speaks to me and tells me how far to run. Another other times you'll be pressed to go and lay hands and pray for somebody. Whatever it is, will you, will you step out of the boat and put your eyes onto Jesus? Will you say, stand still guys, God is going to do something awesome right now. And say, God, you've got to do something awesome right now because we need supernatural. We don't need a natural answer today. Can we begin to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, believing in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, standing on the promises of God, and walk on the water? Is that, can God do that? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. They don't know this, so hopefully they didn't leave. Did they leave? Ed did leave. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, we're not going to do that. His wife is 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 at home and um, but uh, you know, we're going to do this, the standing song, but so we're good. He's uh, apparently so. <sighs> Can you hear the voice of the Father this morning inviting you to walk on the water? Risk it all answer the call, enter in. We, we stand on every promise. I'm not sure where that came from either. We're not afraid. Our faith goes before us. When we believe, we're going to see the supernatural. God, this morning, we need to be encouraged in our faith. And I, I am, Lord, and, and I need to be more encouraged to step out and believe You and take You at Your Word that says that we can walk on the water that says that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God, even stepping out at times in faith and giving giving financially, Lord, when we don't see another way and we just have to rely on the supernatural, God. We have to believe Your Word. God, help us to step out this morning. Rise up in faith. Go forth. Go forward, Lord Jesus. Pray that... Each of us this this week would be a little more in tune with hearing the still small voice within us and not dismiss it as silliness. Not be afraid that maybe somebody will laugh at us or, or be angry. God, open our eyes that we might see on the hills the chariots. And the fiery horseman God to see into the supernatural that which you want to do and be in agreement and walk in that power. Up the level of our faith. In Jesus' name, God, we need You. While well, the world needs to see the power and the love of God. I thank You for this congregation who shows so strongly the love of God in their, their, their actions and their life for one another. God, You came both with love and with power. You declared Your love for the world through Your power. God, I pray that we would do the same. Help us to expect more. Help us to live in the supernatural this week. God, I pray that You would remind us to share our testimonies one with another. Encourage each other. Pray for each other. Walk with each other as we walk in this path of seeing and walking and living in the supernatural. Being obedient to your promptings and your leadings. God, we can't walk on the water just because we want to. But help us to hear your voice. When to go, where to go, which way to turn. Be our guide. Lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.